1: This call is being recorded.
0: You are listening to the fabulous SteelerFury.com podcast. I am your host, Bradshaw to Ben. Uh, Sleeping a little bit better these days. Your Pittsburgh Steelers have managed to uh, find their way like a blind squirrel finding a nut into the uh, playoffs in the number three seed. And here to Cohort FC, he's with us. How are you, sir?
2: I'm pretty good. (laughs)
0: <laughs> this, this dealer's got their bye week, in know, yeah. in an unorthodox fashion, but they got there nonetheless.
2: Um, me, this, uh, this podcast is going to be every bit as unorthodox because we don't know who we're playing, and this fucking game is meaningless. So,
0: <laughs> yeah, well, it feels a little like a preseason podcast, except for the not you know not knowing who we're playing part. Uh, although it's looking, I, I would say the chances are pretty good. It's going to be Miami. Um, if you like, I can, I can figure out exactly what kind of chances that is. But I think, I think Kansas City has to lose to San Diego uh, and Miami has to beat New England when New England has a game that they uh, need to win, basically. So I think both of those seem... You think, you think a, the, the likelihood of hitting that Quinella is pretty good?
2: No. But it's possible.
0: Yeah. <laughs> true. True, true. Uh, but I, I'm still kind of hoping for the, the Miami, I mean, the Kansas city win and the Oakland loss to Denver. That would, that feels better to me. Um, but, uh, I mean, sorry, 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 sorry. I got that backwards. I'm kind of rooting for the Oakland winning the two seed. That's the thing that scares me the most. I feel like, I feel like Kansas city winning and Denver winning is more likely scenario than not. Uh, and that would be not the best news for your Steelers because that would mean almost undoubtedly the best-case scenario would be beating Miami in round one and uh, you know having to go to Kansas City for round two. And if you're lucky enough to get out of that environment, having to go to New England for round three. Uh, that's three pretty tough games to make your way to the Super Bowl. But uh, still could happen. Uh, before we get on to any of that, uh, tell me what you made out of last week's game. Should we be concerned about the first three quarters? uh thrilled about the fourth quarter or you know, do you look at it as a sixty minute game?
2: Sixty minute game without a doubt. Um you know, there's things to take from it. Uh I think the playbook's definitely gonna have to be when I say scale down, I mean there's some winners that Ben really runs well and then there's some losers which don't seem to work very well for Ben. So uh the passing game is going to have to be refined. And I know that sounds horrible to be saying this, is uh, there's just some things that you could just tell that Ben's not thrilled about the call or thrilled about the action or the way the play is set up to work against certain teams, yet we continue to run those plays. Um, Ben isn't comfortable running bubble screens at the side that Terrell sucks. Is that you could he's just he's had problems with the Ravens. Terrell Suggs has picked off those bubbles, quick smoke passes out to the edge. I remember Paul Kruger also having one when Suggs was injured. Actually, I believe Kruger returned one to win a game against the Steelers about four or five years ago. Um, there's a lot of positives that take Steelers offensive lines for real. Um, I believe Marcus Gilbert's 100% healthy. That's a big help. Um, Belenueva continues to, you know, improve. I mean, you can tell that, you know, there's still upside left there, and he continues to get better. You know, the interior of the offensive line, Foster, DeCastro, and Pouncey have been very solid. Even without um, Dario's green, we got a good bit of production out of the tight ends. You know, tip your hat to Xavier Grimble. Jesse James made some plays. Jesse James made some very good blocks in the run game. Um, you know we can run multiple formations. Um, we're still a wide receiver short. If we had Martavius Bryant, I'd say we're absolutely the favorites to win the Super Bowl. I don't fear a single team in the NFL. It's just I don't think the Steelers may have the firepower to go along with a young defense that still makes mental mistakes.
0: Yeah, they're, uh, Well, the thing about this defense is they have been extremely good in some of their games, and they have been uh not so good in some of their games it sort of feels like they're the most inconsistent team and i know football outsiders um they have the steelers ranked as the 31st uh worst in terms of consistency on defense and i think that's pretty accurate um so the thing is for for a playoff run you know can they can they put four games together uh you know of, of consistent defensive play probably not so probably at least one of those games you're going to need to put up some points, uh, if not more than one, uh, to to really have a chance to make a Super Bowl run. That that's trickier. I think you know. It, look, taken overall, the Steelers defense is actually pretty good compared to the rest of the league. Um, but but boy, you know that's a, you know that's a tough. It's a tough thing to ask of that young defense, as you said.
2: I you know it. You just uh, if. The team has to play as three units. Um, I'm. I don't want to give shit to Boswell, but can't be kicking the ball out of bounds. Can't happen. It definitely can't happen twice in a game. Yeah. So those are the type of things that lose playoff games, and it's the type of shit that just you got to get, you know, eliminated. It got to be eliminated immediately. And
0: uh, by the way, by the way, it it actually cost Carolina probably the Super Bowl. Kicking the the kickoff out of bounds. By the way, just to clear up, I said the Steelers' defense was the 31st least consistent. Actually, it was the Steelers' special teams that is the 31st 31st in the league in consistency. The Steelers' defense is 32nd in the league in consistency. So this is a large part of the issues with them this year is that they, as you said, these little mistakes crop up um, and they seem to come in bunches, right? So when they have a good game, special teams can be really great like it was last week. Pre, two weeks ago, and then if they have a game like uh, last week where they don't play as well on special teams, uh, it could definitely hurt them. But consistency, I mean, that's really, that's really the issue with young teams. Like at some point, you've got to grow up.
2: Yeah. Uh, and they're growing as the season goes on. You know, um, the question is, will they grow up enough to beat a New England <laughs> at New England? That's will they grow up enough to win to be Dallas and Houston for the Super Bowl. I mean, we're the Steelers, we're not Atlanta, you know, we're make, making the Super Bowls a real big deal or we're ready to plan the fucking parade. You know, this is this is normalcy which may make us a very, you know, spoiled fran- franchise and fan base, but it is what it is. We play good oh, fucking yeah. NFL football. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh the team overall as an organization is very consistent so it's it's funny that we're talking about their inconsistency uh you know as being an issue by the way, just to finish that thought on consistency, the Steelers offense is thirtieth in the n f l right so in- in terms of the most consistency of their performances so when they're good they're really really good, and when they're bad they're really really bad and it's funny like the most you know we have nearly the most, the least uh, uh, consistent offense, the least consistent defense, and the least consistent special teams in the league. And yet, overall, we're the, you know, a top five team, you know, in the league. It's very, it's very odd. It's very strange to me. I don't know how you break that down in terms of looking at the numbers. Uh, it, it, you know, I'm, I'm more of an better to, expert. Better
2: to, <laughs> yeah, no, but I,
0: I mean, it's it feels like they're they're building this momentum towards the playoff run, though.
2: It it does, but then you see two kickoffs go out of bounds. You see Bud Dupree basically give up on a play where Cal from Harvard. Am I even going to try to say that last name? You know, stumbles into the Juscheque. end zone. There you go. Where he just stands there, um, and stops. Um, it, there, it, it's. Ben Roethlisberger throwing at least a 6th or 7th interception off play-action pass where he turns his back to the formation. I complained about it. Uh, this is going to be the fourth time. You know, um, he just doesn't do it well. He's a big man. He is Uh-oh,
0: immunity. I lost you there. So, no, no, Sorry, bud. You, I I, actually, it may be on my, it might be on my end.
2: Yeah. Okay, I gotta take Go care of. Um, <laughs> um, he, he, there's this Ben is is a he. You gotta take some of the bad. He is a little bit now mechanical as he's gotten older. His body's gotten beat up. He's not the same.
3: He
2: he was big and he was elusive. He's not as elusive anymore. I, he has great pocket manageability, but he doesn't move around as well as he once did. None of us do. But uh, he, the knee is still a little bit of a problem. So getting the core around and whipping his body around off of play-action passing where you got to completely turn your back to the formation, is not an easy thing for Ben Roethlisberger. I hate to say it, Peyton Manning couldn't do it at all at the end of his career. And it's Tom Brady is starting to struggle with it as well. You know, the body, you're, you, just, you you figure Ben hasn't taken many hits over the last two or three years, but probably took a couple thousand through the first, you know, pre 2009, you know, as funny as that sounds, is that he was stacked 40, 50 times a year, plus he took another 50 or 60 hits. They, they, those those, those stack up, and, and Ben's starting to show it at this point of his career. There's no amount of work that Ben can do to make him better. You know, it's the body. His body is giving up before his arm and his mind are.
0: Yeah, it's funny because in earlier in his career, he was he was really good at it. And, I, you know, people always used to give the credit to the, uh, the Steelers run game at that time but the Steelers run game has never been better than it is right now really maybe it's been a little it was a little more consistent at times earlier you know in the you want to go way back in the way back machine but in in terms of where you know the last couple of years as far as Ben's career I'm not sure it's ever been better than it is now and yet you know play action is a complex thing it's not just i mean although i'm not going to disagree with you about Ben's mobility and how he sells it it's everybody else too i mean i think Flutie actually made a great point that the offensive line didn't sell it at all. You know, so they didn't, they didn't enter that play, even though it's play action run, they didn't, they didn't start begin that play as if they were running a, you know, zone blocking run play. They kind of just jumped into their pass protection immediately, which didn't really hold the linebackers at all. So even if, even if the linebackers are watching Ben fake a handoff, it's not enough. You know, the whole thing has to really sell, has to sell run. So all, you know, in a way, all the pieces work together
3: correct?
2: Correct. I mean, absolutely. All the pieces work together. And
3: uh, that's,
2: I mean, if you know know that you struggle with it, and if we can pick it up, I'm sure that other NFL teams and the Steelers with their advanced scouting also pick it up. And it's something that you may want to stray from. And I, I mean, I understand the thought process where you can't, you know, allow a defense to dictate what you do offensively, but you also gotta realize you gotta put players in positions to have success and the win. And asking, yep. you know, Ben to do something that I don't want to say is necessarily stupid, but it's something that you he's not had success with this year, so you have to get away from it. It's it's simple. <laughs> to me it's simple yeah. at least. Hey,
0: uh can I tell you something about this uh, quarterback that we that we are going to rest this week uh i just was looking to find out what his play action numbers were for the year and on my way there uh, i see this stat which is um here's two numbers for you in the last two minutes of each half for the season ben is 61 of 87 for 587 yards that's a 70.1 completion percentage uh, almost seven yards an attempt seven touchdowns one interception Rating of 110.7. That's last two minutes of each half. Here's, here's an even better number. Fourth quarter, in games that are within a, that are a touchdown or less uh, difference in the game, he's completed 86.5 percent of his passes for 11.62 yards per attempt. Five touchdowns, no interceptions. Rating of 154.7. Somebody wants to tell me that that, that that guy is not a good quarterback or that he's not an elite quarterback. I, come on, that is the absolute most ridiculous number. That'll be his number for the entire regular season. That is that is sick. Um, just needed to share that with somebody <laughs> at the moment. Uh, the first
2: thing you know is that I've led this Ben Roethlisberger defense right along with you the entire time. I mean, I'm, I've never wavered in my support in thinking that he's an elite quarterback my big problem or where I have concerns is you, you know what he does well and you know what what type of competitor that you have where he is going to make a play he's going to make a play or he's going to you know, or going to get blasted or he may turn the ball over but he's going to make a play he's going to do everything he can do to try to lead the team to victory in a way i know i know that sounds a little bit corny, and it's fine, but, I mean, he's a warrior. There's there any People can say whatever they want about him, but you can't question in his guts. And you sometimes gotta protect the player. It's like protecting a fighter. Fighters getting the shit kicked out of them. Sometimes you gotta throw in that towel, because that fighter can come back and fight. That fighter can learn. You can, you know, come up with a different strategy to where you may win. But if you get him beat up too much, you know, he's either gonna be done, or ain't gonna be the person that he was. And Ben, I just before he threw the second interception, I knew that he did not like the play call, and he wanted to get out of it, and he didn't. And I was yeah, he like, actually, ah. he
0: actually, he actually said, I think that he afterward that he did want to get out of the play call. I think he that yeah, was he something did. that he said it afterward. Yeah, you
2: know, and, and that that can't, in my opinion, that can never happen. You know, uh, if, if the quarterback is already coming in and thinking. You know, this isn't going to work. Then that's something that got to be yanked out of the playbook. That's just how I feel. It got to be yanked out. That's and by and by the way,
0: also that's when when people you know people want to go ballistic because we use a timeout. Why did he Why did he use up one of his timeouts there? Like because sometimes you call timeouts not just to control the clock. You call you call timeouts to try to prevent something bad from happening. I mean, you know, so that's the real world uh, use of that stuff. Sorry, I interrupted you. Go ahead.
2: I, I could not agree more. I mean,
0: uh,
2: it's, it's poignant, you know. It's just – I cannot – we have a once-a-generation quarterback, you know. And for for, for that – I mean, the one that we had that was a winner before this was Terry Bradshaw. <laughs> and that's almost two generations, you know. And let's let's be happy with what we got. And he might get us that third title, you know. There's a possibility he might get us the fourth title, you know. Well – uh, People Go ahead. are hammering, hammering them.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, i, I, I put you this way. Um, I'll ask you a series of questions. You answer yes or no truthfully. Is Le- Le'Veon Bell right now better than, uh, what's his name, uh, T- uh, Terrell Davis from the Broncos? Is he, is he better than Davis was at his peak?
2: More complete back or better back? Or if I just have didn't... to take him?
0: Wow. Just in general, um, not no, not knowing about their injury future for either one of them, at the, you know at his peak, which would one would
2: you have taken? I take Levy on Bell because I'd say, say
0: it's close. Yeah, I'm saying I'd say it's close, but I would take Bell. He's a better player overall. Right. Um, but Davis, Davis
2: is. Davis at his four, peak, three or four year period of time. Terrell Davis' numbers are as good as anybody, including Jim Brown.
0: He was absolutely untackleable until he got four yards. I mean, he would get four yards. Um so yeah, I you know, from that standpoint, like I really, really like Davis. I think he's I think he's actually a Hall of Famer despite his short career, but that's another story for another day. But anyway, okay, so that was question one. Question number two is do you think Ben is better now than Elway was by the time Davis was in his prime?
2: Oh. I
0: lost you I when never you were gonna
2: Elway, fan. I was never a John Elway fan, so you're probably going to get people that are going to probably really hold my feet to the fire of this, but I would take Ben over John Elway pretty much at any point of his career. So, yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay, so, you know, I I kind of think, I mean, particularly, even Elway in his later career was maybe a little bit uh, better at running on offense rather than just, you know, kind of running around and winging it. Uh, but I think Ben is better now. I, I don't know how far back, it's, you know, this is kind of at the edge of your time frame, right? The, early part of the, I mean, oh, the, I remember the LA. L.A. very
2: well. I remember okay. L.A. very well.
0: Okay, so the, the, the Denver defense at that time, if you think back to that 97 uh, championship game, how, you know, better, same, similar, worse to the Steelers' current defense? Um, I mean, maybe a little bit, maybe they're a little better? What do, what do you think?
2: Yeah, probably a
0: little, Denver was, okay. a little bit so, better.
2: Okay, so... I think the defense was a little bit overrated, to be honest with you, but yeah, a little bit better.
0: Okay, and I mean... The competition that Denver faced at that time, you know, was in some cases pretty good, including Pittsburgh, which was their, you know, sort of nemesis that they had to come to Pittsburgh and beat them in the championship game and so on. I mean, I I kind of guess what I'm, the point I'm trying to make is, it feels like, you know, that that team won, that Denver team won two Super Bowls, uh, with a quarterback, a Hall of Fame quarterback that wasn't nearly the guy that he once was, and with a good running back, I mean, a great running back at the peak of his powers and a defense that was pretty good. I feel like that formula, We, the Steelers right now have every bit as much chance of, of winning a couple more Super Bowls with Ben as Denver did at that time. And it uh, feels like you know, the pieces are at least in place, whether whether or not you can make it all the way. I mean, there's, there's definitely some luck involved and there's matchups involved, uh, but I don't think anybody would think that they don't, they're not set up to have a chance. Um, except for those people that hate the coach so much that think that he'll only win a playoff game if somebody gifts one to him. Um, that's not another story. Uh, I, I guess I can ask this next question with our first call on the line. We got a call from Greek Steel uh, in Toronto. Hello, Greek.
3: How's it going, boys?
2: Living the dream? Yeah,
0: Yeah. exactly. Um, what I was going to say uh, is you uh, are not the biggest Tomlin fan. Yeah. Uh, uh, but I guess you know. I guess what I'm going to say about this is: is it does he get credit for putting the team in a position to at least be
3: a contender for a Super Bowl? Sure, I'm off Tomlin now. No, no worries. We're good.
0: <laughs> I wonder if FC. I wonder if you ch- if you if I had time to go back and catalog. This I,
3: like, I like Tomlin plenty. It's just some game day dumb fuckery. But anyways, I'm good with him.
0: I'm just going to say if you if you went back though and you. Catalog all the comments on the board for the last 10 years uh, and, and the ones that were that talked about they liked the coach the ones that said they didn't like the coach How many of the negative comments would be towards the beginning of the season and how many would be towards the end of the season? I bet you would chart out pretty heavily that earlier in the year people don't they wonder what on earth this team is doing uh, And towards the end of the year it's a lot of the worries go away I guess that's, a, that's a compliment. To be
2: fair, we, a majority of Steeler Fury, unlike the Passport, I would say is pro-Tomlin. So whenever – you don't even have to necessarily be anti-Tomlin. You can just question you know, his decision-making on a particular play or formation or something like that or a particular choice of calling a timeout here, not calling a timeout there. There's a lot of times where you know it's fifty fifty even in my mind, and you know I, I I consider myself a Tomlin fan. I wouldn't say that Greek ever was anything compared to like Kill Cower or mm-hmm. I was with Fuck Cower. no Still no Kauer. no.
0: I'm, I'm just I'm just giving them right, a right. little but bit of a I'm,
2: no 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 no. We do oh we do have boosters that are to that degree with Mike Tomlin. I, the one thing that I will say about like Greek and even. Bath, Swiss. The, the, those people have been grouped into the anti-Tomlin category, and I wouldn't really put them there. What I would, what I would put them in is, you know, what the fuck are you thinking? <laughs> you know, and I hate to say this, there's a lot of times where I say, what the fuck are you thinking? And I direct it towards Todd Haley, but at the end of the day, that got to be directed as much to Mike Tomlin because he's responsible for the product on the field. He's responsible for what the offensive coordinator does. I really believe that if. Tomlin wanted a pool play calling duties from Todd Haley I'm not saying he should, that I don't think that Colbert or the Rooney's would step in or get involved in that at all.
0: No, although I do, th- I mean, step in is, or get involved is a little different than forcing his hand. I think they might meet with him about it and try to talk him out of it, You know, but that doesn't mean that they would necessarily veto him uh, if he wanted to do that. So yeah, I, I do think ultimately he's responsible for all that stuff. But, you know, it's a continuum, too. Like, you, it's a work in progress. It, no matter if, if Ben has been a Steeler for, you know, 12 years and Tomlin's been coaching for, for 10 years, it's a, you know, th- hopefully they're, they're learning and growing from their experience as they go. And, you know, can't lose sight of the fact that the guy was a very young coach, and even though he came from a good coaching tree, traits, traits, it's still traits. It's like drafting a guy to be your head coach. Out of college, you know, like he was imagine him as a college prospect and you you drafted him. It it might take him. It might take him a little while to become the ultimate uh, example of the coach. He's going to be, you know, Uh, and and even with Ben, he flashed early and he showed you some stuff in the first couple of years, won a Super Bowl and so on and so forth. But he still didn't even really show you what he was capable of doing for another 10 years or whatever. So um, anyway, so Greg, I'm sorry, I I co-opted your call to. No worries, you guys uh,
3: said that well. I'll give him, I'll give him huge marks too for having his players love him and go through a wall for him. That's not a, that's no given by any stretch.
0: Yeah, uh, did you have something uh, more particular that you want to talk about instead of the head coach? You enjoyed the game, I take it.
3: Enjoyed that fourth quarter, that's for sure. Like uh, <laughs> same, same as you guys.
0: Uh, do you uh, think there no. were any? Heart attacks at the end of the game, like uh, there were for the Colts game years ago?
3: Hmm. Interesting comparison. Uh, I would say I had more of a, boy, more heart attack moment. I would say with the fumble, I probably had a more of a heart attack moment. Just thinking how, you know, in that particular situation, it's a, I guess you got all the jumbo guys out there with Bettis plowing it in. I didn't, wow, what a tackle that was.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, just the, just the, um, to not be thinking about the fact that something bad happened or not paying attention. Like, how many quarterbacks, you know, make a handoff and you know, trot off to the side and don't even oh, really yeah. pay attention to what happened? You Unreal.
3: Know? The kid's a winner, no doubt about it.
0: Yeah. So, um, we're, what was your? What, how would you characterize your degree of confidence that the Steelers still had a chance to win the game when Juszczyk scored the go-ahead touchdown late there?
3: Oh, I had a, that was very much like when uh, Arizona scored late. Left us too much time. Yeah, it's funny. That was probably. I was was pretty thankful he didn't go down and scored.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's a, it's, you know, I guess here's how I feel about it. People were saying, you know, if he hadn't scored right then, that it would have been worse for the Steelers because, you know, they would have run out of time. But here's the thing they were only, the Ravens were only down by, I mean, were only, uh, they were down by four, meaning they needed to score a touchdown or else they wouldn't take the lead. Yeah. So I guess, I guess you could say that that would have given the Steelers, if he had gone down, another chance to stop them. So I can't buy that strategy that it was.
3: No, so I guess I'd ask you guys the same thing. Would you guys have rather – would you, do you trust the ball in the offense's hands or the defense stopping them in that spot? I wanted yeah. him to score, put the ball in uh, Ben's hands. What do you think, FC?
2: Gotcha. I mean, so yeah, I had. Uh, I mean, you 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 always try to score, and I, I it it's tough.
0: But but the, but would you trust the at the end of the game right now? Do you want the offense on the field needing a touchdown or needing a field goal, or do you want the defense on the field?
2: Oh, oh I already to said I misunderstood, I already said on the post. I said I'm score. Yeah. I I when when I I, I posted it, I I got big enough. to have balls. I I at the end, I always believe in Ben. I. I I mean, I would Baltimore. I mean, if they knew that uh, they were going to score on that, I guarantee you, Baltimore even said it. Like you could see Jim Harbaugh on the sidelines. I watched Inside the NFL for the first time in probably three or four years, um, like this past week, and he's like, he's like, I think we left him too much time, and that's whenever Ben was like completed the first pass to AB, where (laughs) AB like juked and got like twelve. They showed Jim Harbaugh, and he's like, "Damn, I think we left them too much time." And... Yep,
3: yep.
0: Well, it's funny, you know. Uh, Greek people will say that they, uh, you know, they, it's we're completing all these passes late in the late game situation because they're playing prevent or whatever. But I don't know how much prevent Baltimore is playing when when they're down by. I mean, when they know that the Steelers only need a field goal to tie. I, I imagine that you know that makes that. Drive all the more impressive because it's not like they were up by three touchdowns and letting the Steelers drive the field. That's a situation where they're playing pretty much straight up football. Yeah, impressive. I would agree. Yeah. Um, so, your uh, any wishes for this week other than not play anybody and could we just take a forfeit? Is that what you would prefer to do, Greek?
3: No, I don't mind them uh, winning the game. Winning's <laughs> always good. Keep that going.
0: Yeah, and I, I wanted say-
3: to win- go ahead. I was just going to say I'd like it to work out so that we get Miami as well. I like that they uh, gave us a bit of an ass-kicking in the first game. Wings well for game two.
0: And I like this. FC, I take this week as an opportunity to uh, let some of the players that don't get as much playing time to to get their moment to, like, you know, uh, get some PT uh, in a real game situation to have success, to build their confidence to have them be ready you know, whenever that comes by. So, so it seems like, uh, I don't know, See, it seems like that's a really worthwhile goal, right? It's a, there's something Good to be point. gained from winning this game and playing well.
2: I would, D'Angelo Williams, everybody's thinking, you know, you got to get him into action. Yeah, you do. I get him to 10 carries. Then I yank him out. Nothing against D'Angelo Williams. It's we need him for the playoffs. Le'Veon sure. Bell. I love him. I mean, he's my guy. I named a dog after him. Um, he gets hurt. I don't like Tucson. I do like Daryl Richardson. Um, that's a guy that I wouldn't mind getting some carries, is maybe Tucson, maybe get him injured, and then Richardson steps in to the third. So, like, addition by subtraction, but that's a different story. And, yes, I just did that during the regular fucking season. I cheered for a sealer injury, and that's how you know I'm still a prick deep down. Um... <laughs> You know, L.T. Walton, got to be careful. That's that's a big thing. You know, the guys that we would like to wave in are actually guys that are pretty close to seeing significant time for, for the current Steelers. You know, with the, with Hayward's sure. injury, I expect too. it's going to be better, healthier. I don't think it's going to be 100%. Even when it comes to the time for the playoff, depending on the sprain, he could be anywhere from 70 to 95%. You know, he'll have... Four weeks off, basically, to get that healed up. But, you know, we're one injury away from LT Walton being a big time contributor. You know, Vince Williams being a big time <laughs> well, contributor.
0: Well, LT Walton's already a big time contributor the last couple well, of I weeks. Think
2: he, I think he played like 10 or 15 plays last yeah. week. Maybe he was closer. I didn't look at the, the snap participation, but about 15 or 20 plays, which is, you know, significant. But, you know, with Tui coming back, that's going to be less. You know, um, Johnny Maxey, I'd. Ooh, no, no, no. Um,
0: yeah, he, I'm not a fan. Um, well, well, hey, just to go back to something that you said, I lost track a little bit about those roster moves, and it sounds like you did too. Dale Richardson might be a guy you'd like to see, except for he's playing for Jacksonville right
3: now. No, he's, he's in the, practice. He's on
2: the Isn't he on the Sewers practice squad? Or is they no, the pra-
0: off? They, he got signed by Jacksonville, and we signed Brandon Dukes, whatever his name is, it to the practice squad. Brandon Brown Dukes.
2: BBD, Percy okay. Hurst. I see I thought they signed Richards, you're right. I did see those two corresponding moves. No, so okay. the, the
0: the running backs we have now are Bell, Williams, and Toussaint. So I'm guessing we're gonna see a few snaps from D'Angelo Williams. We're gonna see the Bell Kyle, oh, be okay. Toussaint and Roosevelt Knicks will get two carries. That's what we're gonna see in this game. Just telling you right now. But <laughs> at any rate, they don't they don't have enough guys to rest everybody, so you know i i feel i feel a little bit bad it feels like a you know a lot of pressure for for guys like let's say you know uh Ramon Foster or villanueva to to be in the game and not and be just literally thinking about getting out unscathed but yet playing hard you know that just seems like a really i'm not sure how you do all of that
2: you can't i mean that's why it's just it's so. If Tomlin plays, if he starts starters and he gets people and players dinged, he's going to get hammered. If he doesn't play starters, you know, and we look rusty week one, he's going to get dinged. You know, mm-hmm. so he's like, it's, it's. I can understand why he's getting the $6 million a year. You know, it's a, you can't make everybody happy type of fucking job. No, you Unless can't. You win ask- the Super Bowl.
0: Not only can you not make everybody happy, you can't make anybody happy, let's face right.
2: it. <laughs> Do you remember after Cowher won his first Super Bowl, there was actually people bitching at Stellar's? I mean, I like, tuck tail. I was like, alright, this shit's over with, he got it done, I said he'd never get it done, I was hoping he would get it done, he got it done, I'm proud of him, I'll never talk shit again. And there was still actually a large group of anti-Cowher people, where they were like, he got lucky! <laughs> you know, I was like, holy fuck, guys. <laughs>
0: Hey, well, Greek. I'm gonna let I'm gonna put you on mute for a second here. I've got another call, but thanks for calling in as always. And you've been there, I think, all year listening to us. So appreciate it, man. Okay, I think he's taken away by work anyway for the moment. So uh, we got uh, a caller we don't hear from a lot from uh, the wrong coast, from the West Coast, Santa Rosa, California. Steel Clan is with us. How are you, sir?
1: I'm good. How are you?
0: I am phenomenal. Oh, it's a pleasure to hear from
3: you, sir.
1: (laughs) Hey, gents, Uh, just wanted to mention some things. I watched the All Twenty Two this morning, and uh, a couple things stood out for me. Thought you might be interested.
0: Far away? Absolutely.
1: First thing, uh, and I mentioned this a few times because it annoyed the crap out of me, and I don't know why the Steelers persisted with this, and other teams did because it basically opens up the Ravens offense, although they are extremely limited, and that's not allowing Pitta off the line of scrimmage without getting a hand in his face. They did this basically the whole game. And it almost came back to bite them in the ass on that last drive. Because although Ben went down and scored the touchdown, when you got a minute to score a touchdown, things it only takes one play for everything to go south. And it, it just they kept allowing him a free release and nobody touched him till he was, or even got anyone near him until he was eight, nine yards off the line of scrimmage. It was driving me crazy. And the all 22 confirmed it.
0: Yeah. I mean, FC, I let me just be, I'll give this to you, but you know, I would just say clan that there's, you know, it's clearly that it's not that they didn't think that he would be, uh, more easy to stop with with giving him, you know, a hand in his face or whatever off the line. But, but to me, it's, they're, they're purposely playing it the way they play it because they think they can cover more things better. Even if Pitta gets his, that somehow that they don't get other things that they would like to do. In other words, I I can see that. I can see both sides of it. It feels like you're right that if they, you know, bumped him off the line, that they would be better off in the long run. But, I, you know, I kind of feel like they, in some ways, are, are, or you know, FC can argue with me, but in some ways, I think they're protecting Shazier. They're they're asking him to to get into a deep drop, and try to cover for the safeties who are not the best in coverage, in the middle of the field, and therefore they would rather not, you know, when I have Shazier in a role where he's going to make contact with that receiver. He's sort of trying to let him get a clean look at a drop. But, you know, FC, maybe you can offer something else.
2: I actually see both sides of the argument. Um, the yeah. Steelers were trying to get depth with their inside linebackers, um, with their drops. Um, I completely agree, Bill with Klan, that uh, in that game, Dennis Pitta was probably their second or third most dangerous weapon behind Steve Smith and Mike Wallace. Uh, Aiken and Flacco showed that uh, they didn't really have a connection early in the game, uh, Kenneth Dixon and uh the and the other back uh whose name escapes me really weren't much of a threat. Pitta and the fullback from Harvard actually, you know, made plays whenever they needed to be made. Steve Smith scored a touchdown, but I, I the Stewarts did a pretty good job with Wallace and with Smith in the game. I think they probably combined for about 8 or 9 catches and probably 150, 160 yards, which You know, isn't horrible, you know, all things considered. But at the same time, the Steelers really struggle with, uh, they've been struggling to cover in between the hashes. And tight ends, fullbacks, you know, you you do have to account for them. And I I was able to watch the Steelers uh, 22 package because some nice lad from Scotland gave me the code. The last three years or so, that's how I keep <laughs> up on it. I'm not going to name no names, um, but um, so uh, I also appreciate that, sir. Um, I, I I seen the same thing, and I was thinking they were probably trying to cover the vertical seams a little bit more, and they were willing to sacrifice the ten-yard completions. might not have been the best idea in hindsight. They got away with it you wouldn't get away with it with New England. That's the type of things, you know, but New England also don't have, you know, at this point, Julian Ellman's a very dangerous receiver. I'm not afraid of Malcolm Mitchell or Danny Amendola. Um, The kid they got off of Buffalo is a nice player, but when you try to protect everything, you end up protecting nothing. Dick LeBeau from Sun Tzu. Um, It's, it's a, it's a tough, it's one of those tough things. It's, you know, it's like bringing the time out um, right before Chisinski ran the ball in. Do you bring the time out there? or you hold off? There's, there's certain things why these guys get paid a ton of money. And if they make the right decision, they're brilliant. If they make the wrong decision, they're a moron. <laughs>
0: yeah, you know, either way, they're a moron. Clan, uh, you wanted <laughs> to talk about Ladarius Green, too.
1: Yeah, just uh, what uh, the getting back to what you said earlier on the final drive reference the prevent defense. That is a typical cop out for all NFL fans. Whenever the defense gives up a touchdown in the last minute when they've got a lead, it's a go to. It's a Pavlov response. You know the defensive coordinator must have played the prevent peas in those last three drives. When you look at the all twenty-two through. Everything against the wall, because as Absolutely. you gentlemen know, when Ben spreads them out and speeds it up, the Ravens don't have the personnel to match it up. They just don't. They're great down the middle. If you try and hammer them down the middle like we did in game one, you're gonna lose. You spread them out, and you get those those big bodies running laterally, and suddenly they're not that good. So he pressed. He played off, he played cover two, he played cover three, they brought four, they brought five, they brought six. On seven out of the eight plays, they brought four or more. So prevent my ass. They didn't prevent. They just didn't know what to do. And that's the mark of putting Ben in an offense that utilizes their strengths against the Ravens' weaknesses. I don't know why the fuck they waited so long.
0: Yeah, I think that's the that's a beautifully said. And I think that's, you know, that's where the questions about the offensive coordinator come. And I mean, you know, to FC, you know, as FC said earlier, that you have to include the head coach in there as well. But to me, you know, the questions have always been, you know, we, there's always a plan for how they're going to attack a certain team. But it feels like sometimes they don't go to make adjustment to that plan. They stick with that plan in some ways, contrary to what the other team is capable of the other team is giving you like there's too much emphasis on what we're what we would like to do rather than we're going to attack the weaknesses of this team I think that's just an age-old complaint it always feels a little bit that way but this game was like a microcosm of that because it wasn't anything wrong exactly with what the Steelers were doing early in the game but they weren't it just wasn't attacking football it was more like you know we're gonna we we're we've established that this was what we can do, and so we're gonna do it uh and not anything to really build from that in an attack mode and it felt like once they got that down by ten points after that second pick, man, they just suddenly became uh a different mindset football team, and I guess you know they know that they have that in their back pocket at any moment, but it sure does feel like they could do a little bit more of that at the beginning of the game and have a lot less heart attacks later in the game
3: uh.
0: I think Clayton, how I don't,
2: you... go I ahead go ahead disagree of all the three of us that are gonna have heart attacks here, I'm probably gonna be the most likely <laughs>
3: <laughs>
2: but i had I had my shit together i mean uh i I even when they fell behind, I had a little belief in whenever Antonio Brown caught the first pass, I kind of. Was like, all right. I've seen this before. This is going to be good, Ben. And you've got to give credit to the receivers, every, Brown, Rodgers, everyone. The offensive line, you know, everyone pulled their weight, and they got it done. And you tip your hat to to Haley. Um, I and the reason you tip your hat to Haley is just from what Clan just said. You know, um, Dean Pease threw everything at the Steelers. He he did throw, you know, four man blitz packages. He dropped, you know, in the cover two, cover three, you know, basic umbrella. You didn't see a prevent look. You did not see them bailing, you know, off what it came down to is Marcus Gilbert's healthy. You know, a Wave is improving. The offensive line played as uh, an entire unit. You know, the backs picked up. You know, the tight ends you know, at times you know, David Johnson played a limited number of snap counts, but he was very productive when he was in there. Roosevelt Nix was productive when he was in there. I He taught Haley's play calling. His offensive scheme is very sophisticated, and most of the time it puts players in positions where they can win. I, you're seeing more vertical passing to Antonio Brown. I didn't think technically he should have been called for that push-off, which the pass interference came out on. Was, they, don't, I, they don't
0: call that for most of the NFL well, games. They don't call yeah, it once in a while. they never
2: called against smallish wide receivers that are being held. That was like one-handed post. That wasn't like an extension push. You know, that's San, San Antonio Holmes, Hines, Ward. I've seen Steve Smith, you know, Brandon Cooks. I, that's the, 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 the wide receivers that are under six foot, you know, Mike Wallace, they, they, they have to do that or you're going to have to call illegal contact or defensive holding every single down.
0: Hey hey man, on on Monday night, Des Bryant grabbed the guy's face mask and the other guy got called. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so anyway, hey Clan, uh I I I know I asked you this, I think you know, you called into the show a long time ago, but uh how did you as someone who's not from the States, how'd you end up getting to be so knowledgeable about football? Yeah <laughs> it-
1: I, I actually I I really got lucky. Uh my my mother has a lot of relatives in Pittsburgh that I'm kind of second cousin, third cousin related to Uh, Wheeling, West Virginia as well. So when I was a baby, I got sent tons and tons and tons of Steeler paraphernalia. And I I got to, when I was a kiddo, when I came over here, I got to go to a bunch of games, got to listen to a bunch of grumpy old men complain about how things used to be and all that kind of stuff. So you you pick up on it eventually yeah so it's, that's, you it's, just
0: described the sh- you just described our show, in the
1: next <laughs> show. pretty much hey uh, just just uh, uh two more two more brief things and, away, and I'll, I'll let you guys uh oh, discuss further all, on
0: all day buddy this is the perfect week you can go on you can just take over the show <laughs> right here.
1: the 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 thing uh the the last thing about that drive is about when you put your strong personnel packages in there and you spread a team out that cannot Matchup speed wise, lateral across the field, you get matchups. You get, and this is going to sound a little bit weird Jesse James on Mosley. Mosley can't handle Jesse James down the seam, as we saw on that pass when Dumaville was closing in on Ben for the 15 16 yard pass. Now, that one's that one to be in fairness to Mosley, he had four or five seconds to cover somebody a little bit more difficult. But the other isolation you saw was when Mosley was isolated on a certain slot receiver named of Eli Rogers. That was Mosley in coverage. And the reason why I bring that up is the touchdown that Baltimore scored was Shazier in coverage on Smith. That's called putting your folks against their folks and utilizing your strengths against their weaknesses. If Pittsburgh does that against even the Patriots, Ladarius Green, who are the Patriots going to cover Ladarius Green with? They don't have anybody. They had somebody, but he's now playing with the Cleveland Browns.
0: Yeah, it's like they don't really have a safety matchup for him, or or a linebacker matchup for him that is really going to do them much good. I mean, I think if somehow we can be healthy enough, and we can be uh, good enough, and lucky enough to make it to a matchup with New England, where we end up having we play them with you know the the, the triplets plus say LaDarius Green uh, and Eli Rogers, you know, the only thing that's going to stop the Steelers from winning that game or even being favored in that game is, you know, not playing at home and their own mistakes. You know, it just feels like that's a, you'd have to feel like that's not, if you took away the banner and you you don't call them new England anymore and you just, they were just a generic NFL team. You would have to feel pretty good about going into that game. If you have your pieces, if you don't have your pieces, you know, we play them, played them a fairly uh, i don't know about even but i mean we played in the ballpark with new England with our backup quarterback and uh with I mean, and i think at that time actually eli rogers was injured also if i don't if i recall correctly so you know we didn't have any way of you know attacking them in the middle of the field basically so you know it feels like there's some there's some reason for being positive there but uh, uh anyway i'm sorry Glenn, you had other things
1: no, I have one other thing. Uh, it, it, the game ball in, in the in the article was given to Foster, which is fair enough. I thought he had a great game, and, he, and he's also quietly one of the biggest leaders on the team. But I think the game ball should have gone to to Javon Hargrave. He absolutely destroyed the Ravens' center to the point they had to double him basically the whole game. And I think if it hadn't have been for Hargrave, that the Ravens would have been able to run fairly efficiently to the point where it would have been almost impossible to stop them. Hargrave, I think, changed the Ravens' game plan. Because although they did rush at certain points for good yardage, they were never able to do so with any consistency. And I think that had a lot to do with Hargrave.
0: Yeah, actually, he jumped out, jumped off the screen to me, uh, especially earlier in the game. Um, you know in the early part of the game when the defense was having success, he was having success, and that that bodes well for him i don't know f c you you know you've been tracking him pretty closely since before he even got here. What's your take on what he's done since especially since two it has been out
2: night and day even it's not even since two it's been out um he had a rough start, a little bit of a rough start. you could tell that adjusting from one double a football to the n f l was a little bit of a A steep curve for him, but he really, I'd say, post New England, the light went on, and he realized that he's probably stronger than most offensive linemen. He's getting waved in at times, so he's fresher and he's more athletic. Um, the the only issue that I have with and it's very, very minor and he's gonna definitely improve, is as he gets a little bit winded, he plays a little bit more upright. Whenever his he plays with a flat back and low pads, he's a Joel Steed type nose tackle, which is different than Casey Hampton. He's more like Chemo was in a smaller type body where he gives you the ability to play two gap, but he can slide, you know, tackle to tackle and make plays. Now, he's, is he going to sit there and eat a double team and not lose? No, not at this point. Down the line, maybe. Um, I think that Hayward, it and Hargraves next year might be as good of a three-man defensive front as you've seen the Steelers putting out there in a long time and as good as any NFL team's put out in a long time. You know, uh, I, I said it whenever I heard Bryant was out for the year and I seen our draft. I said the 2017-2018 Steelers team may end up being the best one that we put on the field ever. And people are like, oh, yeah, I on? Mean, I, basically, see. I you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, it's it's a, we're very Davis, spoiled. It feels Davis like the Burns best is yet to come. Look like winners,
2: big-time yeah. winners. Hargraves looks like a big-time winner. Okay, so there is your top three picks. Then you're going to be getting Martavius Bryant back. You know, Hayward so, back from injury.
0: I'll go farther than that, FC. Uh, Hawkins looks like, you know, uh, a player. I mean, I think if not, I they're, think
2: they're uh, tackle. He's probably going to get on the field. I mean, uh, down the wave is an excellent. He's gone from being good to pretty good to now entering the very good because he, he mentally and from a compete standpoint, you're not going to get better. The kid's a fucking lawyer. He's the highest character player that's ever played in the NFL. Period. I said it, period. He he can give up ten sacks in the game and I'll make an excuse for him. There ain't no excuses that have to be made for him. He he's learned his craft and he's realized with his body where if he gets half his body in front, his length and his ability anchor gives him the ability to win. Is he gonna beat, you know, the the elite or elite pass rushers gonna give him prompts? Yeah. But at least Parishers gave Anthony Munoz prompts, Tony Buscelli prompts. You know, there, there's guys getting paid $15 to $20 million a year to rush the passer for a reason. They're really good at it. And yeah, Especially, know,
0: especially Mar- when you consider that in, in in the the team's practices, he doesn't get a whole lot of right. tests.
2: Here, how about this? And, <laughs> and, and I agreed with Perch as well, and I also agree with Klan about how, how great of a game Hargaret's played. But Marcus Gilbert is the biggest difference in this offense. He was not very good with the elbow. He's playing. He was studding out. Watch. And if if you want to watch something, watch the last four or five games of the series. You're bored this week. Catch some highlights. Watch what we're getting off that right edge. The reason why Bet is deadly, you know, rolling out to the right again is Marcus Gilbert and DeCasher just shutting it down. They're, they're just just slamming into the – if you take an inside pass rush – Your inside pass rushers are ending up beside Ramon Foster, and they're ending up beside Villanueva, and Ben has half the fucking field to work with because your entire defensive line just got collapsed by two just thugs. DeCastro's level of play has improved, and Marcus Gilbert is healthy. He was the best right tackle in the NFL last year. I don't care what anyone says. I think he's still probably a top two or three right tackle with a bowed elbow this year. And, you know, the Steelers can't make mental errors. If they don't defeat themselves, I'm not 100% certain that there's a single team in the NFL that can beat them this year. And I feel they're missing three or four key cogs from this roster where if you could just plug in, you know, Martavius Bryant right now in this offense, I don't care what anyone says, they're a favorite to win the Super Bowl. <laughs>
0: well, they're we might...
2: To it, win the I don't, you, A Dallas fan, if they were facing the Steelers with a healthy Marcus Gilbert... Ben Roethlisberger healthy, and Martavius Bryant back, they would be scared shitless.
0: They, I think well, Dallas
2: they... might be the biggest fraud this year in the NFL. They're going to get whacked out of the playoffs. I guarantee it. And everyone's going to be shocked. The wall of Dallas. <laughs> they cannot attack teams vertically with the offense. If they cannot run the football, they're going to get shut the fuck down. Terrell Williams will not make plays on the ball. Des Bryant runs a four nine forty. I think he would need five yards to beat Jesse James in a forty yard race at this at this point.
0: <laughs> hey, clan. Uh, speaking yes, of Dallas, uh, we're going to transition a little bit into our around the league segment. But if you don't mind sticking with us, I'm going to. We're tired. FC and, and I are tired of hearing each other talk about around the league. So um, hang in there for a second. FC, our around the league segment, brought to us by on week seventeen.
2: Team Dino, Um, how about Carrie Fisher and her mother, Debbie Reynolds, and um, we're not going to be sarcastic this week in the holiday season. Um, Why don't we uh, have a little remembrance from the great Chuck Knoll? Um, Clam brought brought up old-timers. I just heard a list of the 10 greatest NFL coaches that did not have Chuck Knoll included, and I say that list is not worthy to wipe my ass with after I take a shit. The end.
0: Where where was this list so that we can... uh...
2: Um, I believe that properly. it was um, posted by that fine publication known as the Sporting News. Ugh. Came up They're Canadian,
0: my aren't they? We, you should have brought that up when Greek was here. It's his fault.
2: It's not his fault. <laughs> Greek would burn that fucking place down. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm with you. That's that's terrible, man. That is terrible. That is terrible. That is terrible. Um, I bet they had uh, the dude that just got fired from the Rams. Jeff Fisher. No, Jeff know. Fisher didn't make it. But <laughs> there was
2: guys that were questionable that put in front of Chuck Null.
0: Yeah. I think it, 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 if you have nine guys <laughs> right. over listed over Chuck Null, you're, you know, something's There's wrong with you. There's
2: guys that, that I can live with, Lombardi, maybe even Shula, maybe Walsh. You know, at this point, Belichick, you can consider. That's it. That's it. You're not making an argument for another guy, in my opinion.
0: Yeah. I'm with you, uh, I'm with you. hey, um, so in around the league, just a quick, quick question. Uh, Dallas Cowboys, you guys watch the Cowboys. Uh, do you remember in my lone voice in the wilderness that it was like when you have a dream and you yell, but nobody can hear you, you know you like no sound comes out you guys have had that kind of dream. Uh, me that was me talking about David Irving, who suddenly is the only player Dallas has on defense, uh, <laughs> except for maybe Sean Lee. Um, maybe David Irving, just. For- <laughs> He is not only a B2B state prospect, I wrote a, a, bit, a big plurb about him. But I, know. I just don't – I mean, I, re, I wanted that guy so bad for the Steelers, and you watch him now and it's just like, man, a couple of years in the NFL in a strength program and with good coaching, and he's just a holy terror. They can't block him. Um, that, that would be a guy that I fear is a wrong mixture for our offensive line. Um, and I know that in the game against Dallas – he was he was pretty quiet against the Steelers uh but uh he just you know he's got length and quickness quickness combo that we we seem to have a little trouble with sometimes uh especially on the interior of our offensive line. Anyway, I just wanted to give a shout out to David Irving who seems to be uh a good player right now. He made like three he was one of, those, you know, had one of those games where he made like three or four plays in a row uh for Dallas the other night and I just was like sick we didn't end up with him. Um, clan, have you have you heard about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers' playoff chances?
1: Uh, I hear they're extremely slim, but <laughs> I, I don't. I, let, I don't let, tend to pay atten- tell- much attention to Tampa as a habit.
0: No, no, but let me, let me let me just tell you guys what Tampa Bay needs uh, in order to to win. First of all, they have to beat the Carolina Panthers. Um, Kansas City has to beat Denver. Dallas has to beat Detroit. De- uh, I'm, excuse me. Yeah, Dallas. Oh, that was last weekend. Sorry. Uh, De- Detroit has to beat Green Bay. The Giants have to beat Washington. Uh, Dallas has to beat Philadelphia this week. San Francisco has to beat Seattle. Tennessee has to beat Houston, and Indianapolis has to beat Jacksonville. They they literally need. I've never said anything like it. They literally need eight games this weekend to go their way. Uh, and apparently, the chance of that happening is. Less than one-tenth of one percent. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Less than... Just over 1,000 of one percent. It's the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen in my life. I'm going to say the Buccaneers are eliminated. <laughs> 60,000 to one odds, FC. Do you want that bet? Go to Vegas, put 20 down on that?
2: So you're telling me there's a chance.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's 100... Somebody puts 20 bucks down on that and they make it. It's $120,000 $120, back. That's... That's crazy. Anyway, all right, enough about that. Um uh who do you guys like in uh, probably the most important game uh on the the other side of the world and that is the Green Bay Detroit uh Clan what what do you make about this game?
1: A couple things. Uh Stafford is is hurt. Uh, I think he's been playing hurt for a couple weeks. And I think it's becoming more and more evident. And the way Aaron Rodgers is playing right now, uh, Detroit's offense could go off, and I just don't think it will be enough. I, I like Green Bay, and I like them by I like him by a couple touchdowns.
0: Wow, FC.
2: I also like Green Bay. I don't know about a couple touchdowns, but uh, Stafford got two uh, fractured fingers, is what well, uh, on his hand, just like Carr did before he broke his leg. Um, I actually also agree that uh, that Stafford's going to be limited. Um, Green Bay's defense is starting to get healthier, and uh, Aaron Rodgers is uh, playing some uh, pretty good football. I think that uh, people are, laugh whenever he's supposedly in the MVP talk. Uh, if he took Aaron Rodgers off the Packers, would they have won three, three games this year? Probably not. So, yeah, I definitely like the Pack as well.
0: That's funny. I kind of like Detroit in this game. I think the only, only time Detroit's ever good is at home. Uh, and I it's think true, even but... even despite the injuries – that they're kind of – they're very capable of kind of like putting up a, a big run at the beginning of the game and making it – you know, with with Aaron Rodgers, that's a kiss of death. You know, we get in a game where it's not a close game. Um, he tends to play poorly, and, and that's just been his MO his entire career. So I, I will – you know, it's not quite the same situation as it was before Tampa Bay lost – if Tampa Bay had won their, won their last game – then the loser of this game, Green Bay, could be out if they lost. Uh, but as it is now, they're just flipping three and six seed, I guess. But still, it's an, it's still a pretty important matchup. I'll take Detroit. I'm, uh, you know, especially getting three and a half points. If you're going to add the points in, I'm definitely taking Detroit. I'm yeah, going to take three and a half points. <laughs> okay, right on. What um, <laughs> in the in the games that matter to uh, your Pittsburgh Steelers. Um uh, Miami at New England, apparently they're gonna i haven't heard yet that they they're not moving the time of the game I guess they moved no, Kansas.
2: They're not. if they moved it they'd have to move it by now no it's one
0: yeah, because at one point i guess if if uh i think if Oakland had one la- i can't remember if Oakland had one last week or lost last week, they would have moved the game to to uh, the later slot but at any rate, so New England's at Miami. Right now, New England's a a nine-and-a-half-point favorite in that game. They need this to lock up uh, home field throughout the playoffs. Uh, Otherwise, an Oakland win later uh, could take it away from them. FC, what do you think of this game?
2: Um, I'm going to take New England. uh, Matt Moore starting at quarterback for uh, the Dolphins. You could do worse, but you could do better. Um, I don't think (laughs) that Bill Belichick is going to allow, you know, the running game to beat him. You know, Jay is a very good back. I know a lot of people that wanted the Steelers to draft him in the fourth round before he went in the fifth round to the Dolphins. Um, you know, uh, Brady wins these games. I understand the game's in Miami, you know, so weather's not going to be a factor, most likely. You might get some rain. But, you know, Belichick's going to win this game. Brady's going to win this game. And uh what's going to face Miami in the playoffs. Cheer for injuries.
1: <laughs> Claire, how about you? Yeah, I like New England. I don't know if I like the spread. I think it, uh, Miami's got a habit of playing New England really well in Miami over the years, so I think it's going to be a close in, uh, a close contest. But uh, I think Brady will get it done. Yeah, Matt Moore is always guaranteed to throw one ball up in the air. You, you're like, what in the hell was that? And and he's not going to get away with it like he did against Buffalo, that New England will make him pay for that.
0: Uh, I think, I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm the only person who thinks this, other than a, my, my friend who's a diehard Miami Dolphins fan for 50 years. Um, he thinks Matt Moore is better than Ryan Tynell, and not just because he's the backup quarterback and he hasn't learned to hate him yet, but he thinks he's a better fit for what Gaze is trying to do. And I, it's kind of hard to argue with that. Results have been pretty good the last couple of weeks.
2: He's a uh, backup quarterback, and he hasn't learned to hate him yet. <laughs> I've seen a lot of <laughs> more. <Matt before. laughs>
0: Fair enough. Uh, the, yeah, uh, I'm I mean,
2: sorry, I cut you off, sir.
0: No, no, that was – I think we got him. Uh, I, the one thing I will say about this game is uh, if New England loses to Miami this game, uh, that sets up a possibility of Oakland becoming the number one seed uh, in these playoffs. And I'll, I'll give you guys a for instance. Uh, it's you know, if Miami wins, Oakland wins, and Oakland becomes the number one seed, that, that might make for an AFC cha- – I mean, that gives the Steelers a, a decent chance at having an AFC championship at home. You know they're going to go on the road for the second game anyway. So you're basically saying you're, you're, you're going to go to either Kansas City or you're going to go to New England for the second round if, you're, if you beat Miami, right? So the Steelers beat Miami. Then going to Kansas City is no picnic. That team is playing really well. They're fantastic at home. And uh, you gave them an ass whooping earlier in the year. So they're going to be laying in wait for you. Uh, if, if you go to New England, you catch them off the bye. Maybe it takes them a little, maybe you're, you have some momentum from your, you know, the fact that you, you're on this long winning streak. And, you know, fewer chance for somebody to get hurt in the second round game, so on and so forth. Do you, do you guys see any advantage to the Steelers wishing that Oakland ends up the number one seed?
1: That's tough because I think that might get you New England in the second game.
0: Well, that's what I'm saying. You're I, I, gonna you're gonna get New. It feels like you're gonna get New England either way because either yeah. Oakland without their with their backup quarterback's gonna go to New England in round two, uh, or you're gonna get Kansas City going to New England in, in. I mean, excuse me, Kansas City going to Oakland in round. Two. Those feels like, uh, you know, they you you could end up with a potentially a game at home. You got to play New England either way. Feels
1: like. Yeah, I'd I like New England to go through a gauntlet of maybe Kansas City if it works out that way. Because if Houston is healthy, if Houston is healthy, I think Kansas City can give New England fits. Because the one thing that Brady doesn't have anymore is he can't just throw it up into coverage to rob Gronkowski. Uh, Bennett's a nice player when he's healthy, but he's not Gronkowski. He's not going to beat a, a, a a double or a triple team. And I still think that Cannon and the other tackle are, are extremely vulnerable to good pass rushers. And I yeah, think absolutely. if you get Ford Ali, and Houston coming at them, I think you can get to Brady. And I think you, I, I don't necessarily know if Kansas city can win, but they can damn sure, damn sure beat the Patriots up.
0: Yeah. I mean, I just, I, you know, I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm almost thinking, that uh, you know, ending up with a scenario where can where Kansas City and New England get to play each other, uh, I don't you know the only way to get that I don't, I don't know, I mean, I guess you know is for the Oakland to end up with the two seed, but I't know there's something there's something uh, intriguing about having that AFC championship game at home possibility. uh you know that sounds pretty good to me, so anyway, we're all you know. If if, ifs and buts were candies and nuts, it would have been a better Christmas, Uh, as we know. uh, Speaking of the other games, Kansas City uh, at San Diego, either of you guys feel like Kansas City has a shot to lose this game?
2: I really don't. I mean, San Diego lost to Cleveland last week, I guess it's possible.
0: Yeah, uh, I think apparently San Diego, I haven't looked looked it up, but I hear that they've given Kansas City a little bit of a rough time in the last couple of years but uh unless you i mean San Diego plan uh, you see any different uh, take on this or more likely that Kansas City is going to win
1: i think Kansas City probably pulls it out but uh, but a couple things about Kansas City they did lose to Tampa Bay and Tennessee at home so they're sometimes Kansas City can show up and be extremely inconsistent uh, and and you put rivers on the field and you never know if rivers gets hot, he could, he could give that team issues, but I don't know, San Diego's offensive line. I I, I don't see it. I think Kansas city will probably take it.
0: Yeah. Well, that leaves us with uh, the Raiders and Broncos in the game that, you know, probably going to be the one that really sorts this all out as far as the final seeding is concerned. Um, you know, Matt McGloin, I mean, maybe Denver's a team that sort of feels like they gave up a little bit, but Denver at home against a backup quarterback, I feel like Denver's got to, you know, I I would think uh, more people than not would think Denver's going to win this game. But I've heard a lot of people, even though Denver's a small favorite, I've heard a lot of people saying they think Oakland is going to run away with this game. Uh, Clan, I'll start with you.
1: Well, the one thing that Oakland can do, even with McGloin, is Denver is Achilles' heel all years. They can run the football. If they can run the football, especially Washington, who to me looks like a better back than Murray. Uh, so I think if they, if they highlight Washington and, and run the ball and play really conservative and, and play action... Because Simeon's not good. even, even though the Raiders have a very vulnerable defense, I don't see Denver lighting up the defense for twenty or thirty points. I, I think if Oakland play it close to the vest and run the football, then I think they'll win.
0: Uh, indeed, uh, FC, what do you think?
2: Completely agree. All right. You know, um, Oakland can also rush the passer, uh, and they play. Their de- their defense is kind of similar to Pittsburgh's in a way where they don't seem to be doing great. But then you look, and the other teams, you know, the field goals, Oakland's starting to control the clock. Not only, you know, what people don't take into account is how good Oakland's offensive line is. You know, I understand other teams get the publicity, but Oakland is one of the truly elite offensive lines, top five in the NFL. They're one of the few teams I would say may have a better offensive line overall than the Steelers, and I'm not even sure if I'd say that at this point, but they have three or four very elite pieces on it. is Kalichio
1: football,
2: and Gabe Jackson at the other guard. What the two of them do inside is absolutely incredible. It's very similar to... Nate Newton and Larry Allen for Dallas back in the mid 90s. Those two are just such nasty, large, mean men. They are what guards, if you look up offensive guard, NFL, those two guys' pictures should pop up. They're just massive, <laughs> mean human beings. Yeah. And um, I, I agree. And Richard, who's their third down back, is he got a little like combination of Willie Parker slash. Darren Sproles and him, where he's very fast, he's very shifty, and he makes plays. He's not super big, but you know he makes tough plays. Um, And like I said, Khalil Mack and uh, the kid from West Virginia that played at C. Irvin, Bruce Irvin, and they just plug in big bodies. And you know their defensive backs aren't great. You know, Sean Smith will make some mental mistakes, but they just make enough plays. So, yeah, I'm going
0: to go with Oakland as well. Yeah, and I, I just uh, heard a piece of information. The, the, the Denver Broncos are going to start Paxton Lynch in this game, so that probably, uh, that probably makes for less of it. I mean, it evens, up, it evens things up a little bit, let's put it that way. So it's possible Paxton Lynch goes off on Oakland to prove his worth and get himself a leg up in next year's quarterback competition, but more likely he takes some lumps. Uh, has a tendency to hold on the ball and against a team like Oakland, not going to help you very much, even though I like the long-term prognosis for Paxton Lynch uh, may not be the best week. And, you know, maybe they're thinking about that trick play Kansas city pulled against them last week and thinking we're not going to do Kansas city any favors <laughs> for winning the division. Right. Uh, so, uh, there's that. All right, gents. Thank you very much for your, uh, for the, uh, around the, around the, the league segment, uh, and uh, clan, any other questions before I let you go?
1: No, just thank you, lucky stars. The Ravens didn't retain Osamele, that's all I can say about that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> thank you, lucky stars. They've come through 60 million bucks at them. <laughs> yeah. we're gonna
1: be thanking them for not retaining Wagner and Williams this year. You watch, both of those guys will walk.
2: Yeah. I kind of agree with you. They, they,
0: they uh, you know, I read some articles after the game of Baltimore. They're questioning everything. They're in, that, they're in that stage right now where they're like, is it worth having this quarterback who makes as much money, who doesn't really do X, Y, Z? The way they structured
2: that contract okay. was so fucking moronic.
0: Yeah. They got, they're going to they're gonna face some hard times, even though they have some good on that team. But, uh, but yeah, the, the way it's structured is not healthy for the long term. Anyway, Clan, an awesome job. Thank you very much for joining us and sticking around so long.
1: Happy Hogmanay! Have a great day, gentlemen. <laughs> Thank you,
0: sir. Happy Hogmanay to you too. <laughs> uh, so, FC, we got to pick our Steelers versus the Browns. We haven't really talked much about this matchup, but um, who? Do, I ask you a question before, it, instead of the usual analysis about the game sure. and so on and so forth. Who do you think is going to get a chance to play for the Steelers this week? Uh, and it doesn't have to be just one name. Uh who who stands to benefit the most from this matchup and and what what do you think will happen? Robert
2: Ayers, or that's not his first name. Erich, the DeMarcus, that we drafted Ayers, the kid from
0: the director from Houston.
2: Yeah, DeMarcus Ayers from the University of Houston, now first Steelers, is gonna return a kick for a touchdown in this game, which is gonna lead <laughs> to him winning Tomlin's trust and he's gonna be a kick returner for us heading into the playoffs. And he's going to make a play. I'm not going to say he's going to have a kick return in the playoffs for a touchdown. But he's going to make a play that sets up, gives the Sewers field position to win a playoff game.
0: Excellent. I like it. I was, you know, I was a big fan of the players.
2: Right. And we both loved them. And then we've seen that 40, and we both were like, ugh, a little bit. We had to be. (laughs) But then you watch them on the field, and there's something that's funny that happens. He really doesn't get caught a lot. He has, I like, I hate to say it, running with a TV underneath his arm speed while being chased by blue lights. He just <laughs> does not get cracked. <laughs> no. And um, he really competes. He play, didn't play a ton for the Steelers against Baltimore, but he stuck his nose in there. And... Okay,
0: now wait a minute. Here's, here's what I'll say. He didn't get very many snaps. But he literally had three of the more memorable plays of the game. He sure. caught a ball on the last drive
2: drew right, for, 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 interference.
0: For, for nine yards. He drew an interference that kind of was the beginning of the turning point of the game. And he it did it in a way that wasn't just, it wasn't just because he was ready to catch a ball and the guy interfered with him. He, he sold it with a little bit of a lunge at the end. And then he, had, he blocked for Le'Veon Bell's uh, touchdown run. On the edge, one-on-one, you know, the, the difference between that being close to a touchdown and being a touch, an easy touchdown for Bell. So, for a guy who only got a couple of opportunities, I, I felt like there's a good chance that what and you're the saying. the funny thing
2: doing. is, coming out of Houston, um, last season, uh, Tom Herman, who was the coach at the time, bit of a prick. I like him. Um, he commented, you know, separately about how hard Eric's competed and how good of a blocker he was for a smaller guy. And... That's shit that you just, it can't be coached. That's having dog in you. That's how Steve Smith played in the NFL for 16 years. That's how Heinz Ward became a fringe Hall of Fame player. It's, you know, they won't be outworked or competed. And there's a lot of guys that you just, let me put it this way, talking about the Ravens, if you could put Steve Smith's heart, inside Brendan Perryman, their outside receiver, um, you would have Randy Moss. But you can't do that. So you have Brendan Perryman. So, <laughs> yeah. Like many
3: receivers before him, he was
2: supposed to be the next Randy Moss or the next, you know, Jerry Rice or, you know, and then ends up being the next Justin Blackman or ends up being the next, you know, name your Super wide receiver, Roy Williams, Mike Williams. You know, there's yeah. just so many to name.
0: True enough. Uh, what about your prediction for the game? Oh, wait, ugly. no. I mean, gonna
2: be ugly for both
0: no, teams. No, no, no. Hold, hold on. Before you, before you do that, let me – I forgot. I was supposed to give uh, players as well. Um, yeah. I, I will say the obvious choice is Vince Williams. You know, to me, Vince Williams is a guy that, you know, loves to play, doesn't get to play that much. And I figure he's gonna have, you know, he's just that's a sort of a solid expectation that he'll have uh, you know, some impact in this game. But um, you know, you talked about Demarcus Ayers returning a kick. I fully expect to see Kobe Hamilton and Fitzgerald Toussaint back on the kick return team again. Uh that's a pretty much a no-brainer. But the one thing that maybe you might see is a guy who I feel like this is a uh this is a calendar date that he has got you know, uh, circled in red pen with a huge arrows pointing at it, and uh, you know, devil horns and a picture of
2: Justin uh, you know, Gilbert. Of
0: Justin Gilbert, who I think uh, is going to be let loose. I mean, I you know not let loose. I don't know what you really do with him, but it wouldn't surprise me if they give him a chance in this meaningless game to get some playing time, uh, maybe even start at corner, and. Uh, you know, to have an impact in the game because I have a feeling that, you know, he did not leave there exactly on the best of terms and uh, might like to try to prove to that team that he's better than that. But, you know, you know, they, I'm sure the Steelers have an agenda for this game that's different than all of our agendas. Um, they have a lot of things that they want to try to keep going in terms of momentum and continuity. And it's you know, not just about safety of players and all that business, but I have a feeling Justin Gilbert will play a little bit and just – to throw a number on it, um, you know, we haven't really talked about Landry Jones. I mean, I I hope they treat it like an exhibition game where they even you know they even give Zach Mettenberger a few snaps in the fourth quarter, uh, just just to try you know because just in case someday you 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 need the guy. Um, but maybe this game is fairly low scoring. Let's call it uh, let's call it twenty to thirteen, Steelers over the Browns. Uh, just to throw a number since I'm good at that. Uh, And (laughs) you take it away, FC.
2: 13-9 Steelers. Um, I'll never pick them to lose. Um, I probably have not been less interested in a Steeler game in a long time. And, I mean, that's horrible for me to say I'm supposed to be, boys, it's a fucking meaningless game. I'm saving my energy for the playoffs.
0: Yeah, uh, actually that's a good question FC. When was the last time we had a truly meaningless Steelers game in the regular season? It's been a while.
2: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Take advantage of it. If there's like like a Sunday like during like football season that you can do something with your old lady to get like out of like hell, this would be the week. You know how you <laughs> fucked up Christmas last week, boys? Watching that Steelers <laughs> game, make up for it now.
0: Throw him a little bone this year. That's what you're trying to say. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, funny. Do you want yeah, any bowl games, sir? Um, I think
2: uh, – <laughs> did I watch I, any bowl games? Any college football bowl games, yeah.
0: I, this is the first year where I haven't watched any. I saw uh two plays of the pinstripe bowl, and that's it. Wow.
2: It's I was going to say – It's been refreshing. I did a little, did a little have, mock draft, and two of my guys uh, – like that I had is like mid-rounders. I'm like sitting there watching and I was like, yep, yeah, that ain't happening. Josh Reynolds, who plays at texas i fan fan i A&M, I'm a little bit of a fan. I thought it was way underused. Yeah, he went for 12 catches and 184 yards last night. Joe Williams, who I really like, is a change of pace back from Utah. Had 25 carries for 282 yards and three touchdowns. So, yeah, I don't think they are going to necessarily be mid-round draft picks anymore. Wow! I don't understand uh, well, that's I mean, a... NFL this year's draft, and we—I figure we're going to get to it a little bit before this is going to be wild, man. the The quantity quality up top is so bad, but the quantity is so good. There's a quarterback in this draft. There's a left tackle in this draft. There should be first round picks. Let me say that right now. Not a single left tackle. Not a single quarterback. There should be a first round pick there's going to be four left tackles and at least three quarterbacks taken in the first round.
0: <laughs> yeah, because they always are. They but it's a uh, boy but boy, it sounds like a year where you want to have a lot of picks.
2: Yes, sir. Yeah.
0: Hey uh so the last time the Steelers as far as my calculations, the last time the Steelers had a truly meaningless uh regular season game oh, nine? was the okay. end of 2013. I Oops. think they were I maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong. Someone the Swiss or somebody can correct me that the Steelers were still had a chance at 8 and 8 if they won the last game of that season. But I'm pretty sure that at seven and eight, they were already uh, eliminated. Even at seven and
2: eight, you're playing for something, which is not to have a losing season. There's literally nothing.
0: By the way, very interesting fact about 2013, the season when Ben Roethlisberger basically took every snap uh, for an entire season. Um, There were two other players that threw a pass uh, in In that season, they both completed their passes. One of them was antonio brown, who completed mm-hmm. a 15 yard pass uh, uh, you will win the all time praise if you can tell me the third guy that completed the pass that year drew i'll even i'll even make it worse he
2: that? was a
0: he was a punter but this oh, is no. 2013. I
2: did drew butler that's all right hey, this is two
0: thousand and thirteen Okay. So it's before. It's before Butler.
2: I have no idea who our punters were. Back. <laughs> it wasn't Josh Miller either. Um,
0: Let me put it to you this way: If so, you know how closely I follow the Steelers, and we do uh-huh. the show and the and the uh-huh. site and everything else. I, I didn't even remember this guy played for the Steelers. Matt McBryer.
2: Wow, that is that's crazy stuff. <laughs> I remember him play punting for a couple games. I went. To, you yeah. gotta, I got to get a little bit of credit for going to the punter because I was thinking, all right, there ain't no way they're going to let it back for, I now, not So
0: yeah, he was our punter that year. After I want to say that was uh, what's his name got hurt, uh, the kid oh, we drafted. <laughs> oh no, the oh, kid Daniel. Yeah.
2: Separated
1: or what is
0: it? The deviated septum. Daniel, septum deviated. Uh, Daniel Sepulveda, I think, got hurt that year. So anyway, yeah, Matt McBride, who also was Australian. I think the last three punters we've had were all Australian, which is weird. We're on an Australian punter kick. Um, anyway, okay, enough about that. Uh, final word, sir. We've got to get out of here. It's all right. ridiculous.
2: Um, this week's game is meaningless. Just remember, when you're about to give up hope on a player and just think, oh, he's fucking terrible. You know, he didn't get it done in his first year. He didn't get it done in his second year. He's a bust. He'll never amount to shit. Just remember, there's a guy like JD Von Clowney, who over the last month has 15 uh, quarterback hits, I think uh, six or seven tackles for a loss. He has a sack in every game in the month of December, and he made a Pro Bowl. Oh, he also is playing five technique, three, four defensive end at 272 pounds, making plays all over the field. I have a feeling that the Steelers have a gem in Goldson, cornerback from Ole Miss. Who had shoulder problems, then he had the Liz Frank fracture this year. Just stay optimistic. The Steelers, as funny as it sounds, we've been good for so long. I don't know if the Steelers are going to get it done this year. You're going to take a lot of shit this offseason. Next year, I have a feeling everything's going to fall right if the boys stay off the goddamn reefer. This team is going to be a fucking juggernaut next year. That is all.
0: You'd like to have some jugs that are not uh, jug. Never mind. I don't know where I'm going yeah. with that joke. Um, I thought when you started all that business about, you know, you may have thought a player was a bust, et cetera, et cetera, that you were going to talk about like Jason Worlds or maybe even <clears throat> Jarvis Jones. <laughs> Jarvis Jones, um, don't you start him at, at right outside linebacker this week?
2: I play him. I, you don't embarrass him. It didn't work out here.
0: You don't. But I don't mean embarrass him. him. How right. embarrass him? I mean, you know, the There's one a, reason we
2: should even have him active this week.
0: But here's the thing. No, 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 no. Here's here's the thing. He exists on the roster right now because mm-hmm. he is your emergency get out of jail card for outside linebacker. If, you know, if, God forbid you get some kind of injury and you need him. At least you have a guy that knows your system and knows the calls might even uh, be in the correct run. It once in a while, not always, but <laughs> once in a while. But uh, which I think is the reason, the main reason that he got benched, not because of his pass rushing. But um, if if there was ever a team to build up some confidence against rushing the passer, it's Cleveland. So, you know, I feel like you might might see a little bit more Jarvis. And, uh, I mean, it's in the Steelers' best interest for that guy to have a a bit of a confidence-building game against Cleveland, go back to the bench, go back to inactive, and then somewhere down the line, if you need him, he's there in reserve, rather than having him right now where it's like, if you had to, if you were forced to dress him for a game and really depend on him, I think you'd be really worried right now based on the be. last couple of games that he's played. So why not get him going again? That's a reasonable goal for this game. So I won't mind at all seeing Jarvis out there. And I, I don't think he should be offended by or embarrassed by being out there now either. I think he should feel like it's an opportunity for him to, um, you know, work on some stuff and get his confidence back a little bit. So, uh, Anyway, that's my final thought. Jarvis F. Jones, uh, F.C. Excellent show. Uh, Greek Steel joined us. Also, we had the inimitable Steel Clan. I think you only you only get to say inimitable about people after they get to be old. So um, I don't know. I don't think he's really that old. But I think you're um, older than him, so
2: you shouldn't talk (laughs) shit.
0: Thanks, man, for that. Uh, Anyway, I hope everyone is still. uh, You know, it's officially still the holidays. even if uh, the first Christmas has passed. I know Greek Steel hasn't even had Christmas
2: yet, so please. Half my family hasn't either.
0: Enjoy the holiday season. Try to stay safe. Try to um, do some good deeds on Sunday since uh, you you only have one eye on the game instead of two. And uh, FC, I'll talk to you after a convincing Steelers win by their backups in a game where no one is injured. That's the main victory for this week. Appreciate it. But uh, my friend, I'll talk to you next week.
2: Talk 2017. Go Stellars. Go oh, get them, Steelers. 18 plus.